You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. Hey, what's up, trader? It's Kratty, founder of Desire to Trade. Welcome to episode 52 of the Desire to Trade podcast. First things first, I really want to thank you because I just realized it's been the 52nd episode. The podcast has been alive for about a year and I'm super happy to have you listening this, to this episode. It means a lot to me. And I cannot imagine the fact that I started a year ago without knowing at all what I would do with the podcast. I'm really proud to have interviewed more than 50 traders. I really hope this is adding value to you. If so, let me know and check out the Facebook group at desiretotrade.com forward slash group and you'll be redirected straight away to the Facebook group. Now this week the episode is intense. I'm interviewing Jason Sen and Jason is really a market technician. He's been trading since 1987 and he knows a lot about technical analysis and how to apply it. He's going to tell you exactly what you need to focus on if you want to succeed because there are some things that are not useful at all and they're just noise. So really listen to this, make sure you understand and I'm sure you'll get a lot of information about how to generate trading ideas. So let's jump right in the interview. All right, Jason Sen, welcome on the Desire Trade Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you very much. The first question we always ask is, what is one quote that inspires you? A quote that inspires me is not a particularly original one, but I kind of live by this with my technical analysis. The trend is your friend. So, um, you know, the first thing I look for when I look at a chart is, you know, try and, try and spot a trend that can, can get me going. It's a classic, but I love it. So it's good. <laughs> so what are you doing these days exactly? Okay. So I live in Thailand now. I moved here a couple of years ago. Um, it worked for me on a professional level because my core business is providing technical analysis reports, a daily report to banks, brokers, and, and now to the retail market as well. I cover about 20 markets, uh, Forex, commodities, stock indices, and, uh, and commodities. So it takes me quite a long time to write these reports. Each one would take me 15 minutes or, or more to, to once I figured out all the levels, which I think are worth trading, you know, and I, in each report I put in trade ideas and targets and stops, that kind of thing. So um, it's quite a lot of work. It takes three to four hours. When I lived in Europe, I used to have to get up at sort of three in the morning to get it all done by the by the UK open because the, the banks want that on their desk by the time they're in. So that kind of works for me nice living in Thailand. I can I can have a normal life where I start work at seven and still have it, all the work done in time for the European open. It's been interesting. So one of the things, and we were just talking about that before, but one of the things people want to know is how you started to trade exactly. So tell us about that. Okay, well, that's an awfully long time ago. That was in 1987, so I was at college. My dad was actually trading options, which I, I didn't know what options were. So um, I figured, hey, this sounds exciting. I want to try and make some money. So I sent off my CV to a bunch of banks. Fortunately, someone did take me on. A company that was working, uh, had a huge office on number one London Bridge. I turned up on the first day, in, uh, it was around Easter in 1987. Didn't, didn't know what to expect. The next thing, about an hour later, I'm walking out the office and walking down to the stock exchange floor, and I'm on the stock exchange floor, which was pretty amazing for me because I'd only ever seen it on TV. And um, 
the the share trading had finished, uh, but they're in the corner, in one corner of the stock exchange floor, there was an options trading market. So that was how I started out. And um, yeah, nearly 30 years later, I'm still in the game. <laughs> and how was the learning process? Did your father taught you anything about trading? Um, not really, although he, he got into charts at an early, you know, very, very early on in 1987, you know, you didn't have the computer programs that you have now where you can just, the data is just there bang in front of you. And it's just so much easier. You had to, you had to actually, you had to actually plot the charts yourself. So, um, you had to write them. I remember he would have these charts plastered all, all across the wall, just covered in these charts that he would update every day. So that was the first taste I got of charting, but I didn't get into technical analysis for many years after that. I learned to trade options which took a what took me a while you know they were relatively new in those days in the late 80s and um and i moved on to technical analysis when i moved on to trading futures because um i thought having traded options that i could trade futures and it would all be fairly simple and it was so much harder than i thought i lost money and i thought wow i better stop this before um i lose everything so i moved into technical analysis to try and discover a way to get find an edge in trading mm-hmm. and how was it harder to trade the futures um Well, I used to be an options market maker. I traded my own account and um, it was just a completely different skill set, um, completely different skill set. And in futures, you've got to be nimble. You've got to be highly disciplined. You do have to be disciplined trading options, but you, you tend to spread a lot with options. So trading outright futures or Forex is uh, it's just a completely different game. And yeah, I was absolutely hopeless at it. I think I was kind of arrogant, really. I thought, well, I've, you know, I've managed to trade options fairly, fairly well. Uh, this future should be dead easy. You're only trading one product. You're not trading, you know, 15, 20 different strikes across several different months. How hard can it be? And, uh, yeah, I think I was a little bit arrogant and, uh, I certainly got spanked. As soon as you get arrogant with the, in, in financial markets, they teach you a, a big lesson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. And then how did you move to, uh, Forex? Because I know you're trading Forex these days, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I kind of fell into that really because uh, the banks uh, would ask me to cover some Forex products. Um, when things went screen-based, of course, you could trade anything you like. That was something that I wasn't used to before. You, you would trade one product. When I used to work on the – when I, after I left the um, – I moved on from the London traded option market on the stock exchange. In the early 90s, I moved over to the London International Financial Futures Exchange, which everyone knows is life. So I traded open outcry. Uh but there weren't many people that would run in and out of different pits. So you pretty much traded the same product. Uh, obviously when things went screen based, you could nip, dip in and out of all different, you could trade as many products as you want, you know, as you could fit on your screen. So, um, it was then that other markets opened up to me and my, my clients wanted me to cover some Forex markets. So, you know, I, but by that stage, you know, it was all based on technical analysis. And to me, a chart is a chart. It doesn't really matter what financial market it is on, you know, um, You know, you, you're just using the same principles to try and figure out where the best trading levels are. And at that time, you were working for a bank, right? No, I've never worked for a bank. I've always just worked for myself. I set my own business up uh, providing technical analysis uh, around 2008, 2009. And um, yeah, I, well, actually, I went to work for a friend who he, I was living in southern Spain. I moved to Gibraltar when everything went screen-based, um, some of us moved down there because you could trade tax-free and it was kind of nice. You could sit in the sunshine and it was, it was a really nice um, lifestyle. Uh, and then I kind of got fed up trading and I thought I'd take a break and a friend of mine was setting up a brokerage operation down in Gibraltar. So I went to work for him. I thought I'd give that a go and, you know, the stress had got to me. I've been doing doing it for a long time. So um, in the end, what happened was that his, his clients quite liked my analysis. So I would kind of guide them through the day and suggest where to buy and sell. 
And then when I left there, I kept all the clients. And that was quite good because they were all sort of major international um, global sort of uh, investment banks. So um, I had some real blue chip clients and I've still got them with me today. Mm -hmm. So what is the process exactly when you want to do technical analysis for banks or clients? Do you tell them, because you don't tell them what to do, right? You just tell them what are the levels and things like that. Yeah, well, um, I don't just, um, there, there are plenty of people out there that provide levels, which I'm sure are very good levels. So I try and, you know, add a bit more. So instead of just throwing out what I think are the best levels for the day, I'll, I'll, I'll guide people as to what exactly to do at each level. So I might say that this is just a minor resistance level. And if you're long, you know, you might want to just maybe take a little bit of profit, but we could, we could easily push through here because, you know, we might be in a, in, in a good positive trend at the time. So ultimately this would be the main target. This would be strong resistance. I think this could be a good chance of a high for the day here. So this is where if you want to try a short today, this is probably the best place to try a short. But, um, you know, here's your stop level. If, if I'm wrong and you get stopped out, well, then you want to try and maybe reverse back into a long position using that support. You know, resistance becomes support when it's broken. So, yeah, I, I, talk, I try and talk through and I try and give stops and targets and explain what each level, you know, the significance of each level, not, not just here's a bunch of levels. Good luck to you. So sort of a game, pl a game plan for the day, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A game plan, a roadmap, just, just so, you know, as the market moves around, people have got an idea of, uh, of what to do at each price. And I'm guessing you have a process yourself to go through the chart and look at different things, right? Yeah, indeed I do. I've been doing, doing it for an awfully long time now. So yeah, getting uh, eight, nine years or more. And because I had almost 20 years of trading experience before that, um, you know, it's kind of, well, it was interesting. It opened up a whole new, um, uh, uh, you know, huge door for me to to be, able, to be able to look at the market in a different way and having traded for such a long time. So, um, yeah, but my, my, my technical analysis is actually very simple. I've tried pretty much everything. I've studied pretty much everything. And I really always end up just going back to basics. Uh, so I don't – there's nothing clever about what I do. There's no secret. It really is very, very basic technical analysis. But um, having done it for so long, you kind of – you know, you kind of have a sixth sense in some, in sometimes, you know, you kind of just think, Hey, that, that, there's something about that level. And I just think that's really going to work today. So the, the, I try and, I try and cherry pick some of the best levels of, of, of all the markets that I cover for, um, for some clients that, that follow my trades, as I say, on this, on the spreadsheet that I provide. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are confused with technical analysis. Like they think they have to implement everything they read about. But what are the things that you look for personally? Like, is it support resistance or is it candlestick or is it a combination of everything? Okay, so definitely candlesticks are important, candlestick formations and, um, and also chart patterns I, I look for. Um, but as far as indicators go, I, I keep an eye on the slow stochastic, nothing really else. Um, I look for trend lines. I, use, I look for trends, you know, using trend lines. I use moving averages, all the basic stuff. Um, uh, Fibonacci is a tool that I use a lot. Uh, I've, I've learned learned how to use, to to work make that work to my advantage. Um, so, with all of those tools, yeah, I look for I look for strong support and resistance levels. You know, I do try and pick direction. And until this year, you know, I was relatively accurate, I would say, at picking direction. But I've got to say, this year, there's so many markets that are just moving sideways. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to get direction out of one one market for more than a few days is is really very difficult these days. There's lots of markets to go up up for a day or two, down for a day or two, um, which is great if you like range trading and you like like sideways trading markets. But they kind of bore me. Uh, 
And so um, I'm finding it, yeah, finding it more difficult this year, I would say. Mm -hmm. Are your clients trading in range market or do you just recommend not to trade in range market? Uh, no, I will give them levels. You know, if I, I make it very clear, if I, I will say, "Hey, look, it's, it's obviously market's trading sideways. So these these are the big levels. This is the the upper end of the range. This is the lower end of the range. You know, and then you break. Obviously, you break it down over time. You know, there's you've got your weekly trends, your daily trends, and then your shorter term trends that four hour, one hour, thirty minutes, or whatever. So you know, I'm constantly trying to look at different time scales um, and put the whole plan together. See, see where the big levels are on the longer term. Do they match up with the levels on the shorter term? Um, I suppose, yeah, that, that's one of the key things I do is look at lots and lots of different time frames for the same market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm guessing. You have many time frames. So, which one would you look for? Um, well, the longer time frames are more important because you know the, the guys with the big money are, are trading and looking at the longer term time frames. You know, they're not bothered about the one minute chart. They're bothered about what's happening on the daily, weekly, monthly chart. You know, they're talking about the funds and the guys that really move big sums of money. It's only the little guys, you know, like me that would be looking at shorter, ter shorter term time frame. So I, I spend, I pay more attention to that. But of course, you know, you're not going to trade that many levels in, in one day or, you know, over a, a 24, 48 hour period from a daily chart. So you have to look shorter term as well to try and find some decent opportunities. So, yeah, I, I do drill down uh, and, and, and uh, I'm looking for, for, something across the whole spectrum of the of the time periods see what ties in and see what where i think the best opportunities lie because of that you know the, the more people that are looking at the same level then hey that's probably going to work better mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what's the lowest you go to is it a five minute chart or even lower than that no i i generally won't actually because i don't i'm not a kind of guy who will run a who, who's in and out of the market in minutes you know i'm 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 too old for that. <laughs> so I will um, put a position on and I'm happy to run it for at least a few hours. So um, I don't bother with five minute charts myself, but I'm sure they work perfectly for the people that like to, you know, are active. And do you see any difference between the different markets like Forex versus stocks or futures? To be honest, I don't really, it's not like I have different techniques for different products. You know, what I work, what I do, work, I, maybe it's because I've honed my technique to work for all different markets because, you know, when you're covering 20 markets a day, you can't be doing too many different things in each market or you'll be there all day. Uh, but no, I, as far as I'm concerned, a chart's a chart. And um, what I do in one market seems to seems to work fine. The grains are, have been a bit tricky lately. I do corn, wheat and soybeans and they've, uh, well, particularly corn and soybeans, they've been really very volatile. So uh, that's been tricky, but everything else has been, yeah workable yeah because what i'm guessing is that the trend is a trend and like sideways markets is sideways market so there's no big difference i guess yeah, exactly no. uh -huh. that's right trend trend lines fibonacci's moving averages you know candlestick patterns they're all the same um you know prices move and, and then you and then, and then you, you plot them on a chart so yeah i i can't say i've got any different technique for any different kind of markets Now let's talk a little bit about your own trading. What is your trading style, you would say? Uh, well, I touched on that a little bit earlier. I guess, uh, yeah, I, I look for what I think are the best levels of the day, the ones that I really think will hold, you know, support, resistance. Obviously, if I do identify a trend, for example, you know, if the market's clearly been moving higher and it's in a bull trend, I, I won't go against it. And I certainly won't advise my clients to go against it. So, um, uh, you know, oil, for example, has been having a really good run this year. 
Um, it may well only be a bounce in, in a longer term bear trend because obviously before then it, it had fallen very steeply. Uh, we've only we've only really recovered um, back up to where I think we were in October of last year. So it's been sort of a V-shaped recovery. But uh, yeah, you know, I won't go against the short term trend uh, unless we're heading towards some serious resistance. Then I'll be saying, hey, don't forget, we're in a, a longer term bear trend here and this is a big resistance level. So this is where this is where if we are going to remain in the bear trend, we'll probably turn around and head lower. Uh, but yeah, day, day to day, I'm I'm just looking for the best support resistance levels that I can find uh, to trade. Uh, I keep my stops pretty tight, uh, which you have to do, of course. And with and with the, I mean, the markets to me are a lot less volatile than they used to be. You know, I'm used to currencies moving 100, 150 pips in a day. These days, you know, even euro, US dollar, it might only move 50, 60 pips. So you've got to keep things very tight these days. And would you say you're trading more breakouts or is it more trend following or do you have different? Or do, trend do following just, is, is ideal. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm pretty useless at trading breakouts. I do trade breakouts, but uh, it's just, and my clients ask me, Hey, you said, you know, buy a break above this level. Well, when do you know it's broken above? And of course you never really do, do you? Um, you can have, you can have sets of rules. Well, you know, 60 minute candle, if it closes above that level, you could say it's a breakout. But um, there's no there's no um, foolproof rule, and you you do get whipped around when you trade breakouts, or or I certainly have done. Sometimes they've been fantastic, and you just sit back and think, wow, that was nice. And then of course the market runs away, and you just sit back and let it run. And sometimes it's just horrible. You get two or three goes, and you just keep losing money, and you're like, wow. <laughs> and then you you're just t- so tired by the fourth or fifth time, you really have given up trying to trade the breakout so yeah i find that very difficult mm-hmm. yeah no i totally have to agree with that and would you say you you would prefer to enter on a pullback after right yeah i prefer yeah exactly I, I like to ideal for me would be let it break i feel confident it's broken and then try and buy it on the pullback that that's lovely but again that doesn't always happen textbook like that so yeah you've got to be flexible you've got to be you know you've got to be adaptable and and um pre- prepared to take some losses of course if you had to kind of name the keys to your success in trading, what would you say? Would that be preparation or something else? Definitely preparation. Um, I used to get totally stressed out, um, like many people, I'm sure. And I, I think the reasons I got stressed out because I wasn't prepared. I was just gut trading on my gut. I would trade too big. So every position meant way too much to me. Uh, and that would lead to a lot of stress. You know, I, I really needed the position to work. So I've gradually taught myself to stop being greedy, cut positions down so that really, you know, one, two, three, five, or even five or six losses in a row, I can still sleep at night, wake up the next morning and not feel beaten up. Uh, I think that was one of the keys. I think it was, it was greed that was the, the issue, you know, trading trading too big, trying to... Uh, well, one thing that happened to me when I was young, when I was... Um, I, when uh, things were pretty crazy in the 90s when the floor was very busy i had some some days when or some weeks when uh made some big profits which was probably more luck than judgment i was probably really just in the right place at the right time but maybe i thought i was a bit smarter than i was and the problem is when you do that you kind of think wow you know i really want (laughs) to where's the next big one coming from and uh the next big one not sure if it ever came uh, and I think I was searching for that big trade for too long. So, um, yeah, finally I realized, hey, cut size down and just, 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 it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Just, just try and keep, 
stashing away small small bits of money, take small small amounts of money out of the market regularly, and um, you'll be able to pay the bills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. And what is the risk that you would risk per trade? Do you have a percentage, or is it number of pips, or? Uh, now I, yeah, I would say that risking one to 2% is enough. Um, if you, if you have a small, a small account, you know, maybe with only say a few thousand dollars, well, maybe, yeah, fair enough. You, you, in order to make it worthwhile, you spending the time sitting in front of a screen all day, you may have to risk four or 5%, but you've really got to be very, very careful because no matter who you are, no matter how good you are, you will have a string of losses. You will have six, you know, the times when you, you, when you lose six, seven, eight times in a row and you've got to. You, you can't be eating into 60, 70% of your account because you're finished. You, you know, you just won't, you won't pick yourself up from that position. Um, so yeah, I think, I think money management is absolutely key more than anything else. Um, having been, having that, that having that, having been my biggest problem, <laughs> I think that, uh, it's the biggest thing that traders have to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think you went through a couple of series of losses, right? Like for sure, since 1987. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> of But- course. I've had horrendous days. <laughs> How do you deal with them exactly? Um, well, you learn. I mean, in the old days, yeah, I, I well, I had a I had a guy who used to finance me, and he was a pretty wealthy guy, um, American chap, and he would allow us to trade pretty big. Um, well, these days maybe it's not so big, but it was we had some 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 you know good five, sometimes six figure daily swings. Um, although I did, I found that very stressful, even though it wasn't, you know, a hundred percent my money. Um, but I guess, yeah, that, that made me, right. We're in, you know, in the, in the years after that, I would reflect and think, wow, you just can't do that every day. And, um, I would, that was very, very stressful. I would used to go home sometimes just sit in the dark, stare out the window, think, right, how the hell am I going to pick myself up and go back in tomorrow and, and do this all over again? So, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that now. <laughs> Definitely not. That's for, for young, for young men. Uh, I, I need an easier life where I just uh, just can try and nick a few pips and uh, and relax. Mm-hmm. So basically, you just keep going whenever you have a series of losses, right? You've got to, um, yeah. But that's you know, and that's the key. When the losses are small, um, you know, if you if you're risking small and you and you 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 might lose 150, 200, 300 pips in a row. Well, if it's a small amount of money relative to you know and it, if it's small enough that it's not hurting you that you can go to sleep at night and think hey you know it doesn't matter i can i can battle on tomorrow and if i lose a bit tomorrow hey it doesn't matter that's you've got to get into that mindset uh, as soon as you as soon as your stomach starts churning and you can't sleep and you're waking up in the middle of the night you know you're, you're on the wrong side of it <laughs> yeah you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose more money you're gonna suffer uh, i say to people if you, if you can't get that under control just give the money to charity because you will blow it eventually anyway. So you might as well just put it to some use now, give it to charity and uh, until you get, until you get your uh, risk and your um, money management under control, because I have done it <laughs> and yeah, it is painful. Totally right. uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And do you ever take some breaks or any kind of vacation whenever you have a, a series of loss or you just keep trading? That's a good policy. Yeah. So no, I, I will stop. I might stop for a few days. Um, I've done that many times and I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm done here. So uh, it's, it's, I think it's also a very good idea to take a break if you've had a really good run because, uh, the ego can often get the better of you. And that's when you really make a, a huge mistake you, or you, you know, you become very indisciplined. And of course that's when you'll get walloped. So, um, if you've had a really bad run or even if you've had a really good run, I think it's often a good idea to just make a, take a day or two at least and just 
come back down to earth. What are some of the habits you think are helping you to trade successfully? Uh, preparation, which I think you mentioned earlier, is definitely something you've got to do. You, you've got, you can't just, you just can't switch your computer on in the morning and go, right, bang, here we go. What are we going to do today? You know, you've got to do your homework. You've got to have some sort of roadmap, some sort of plan, um, which I think is obviously why people buy my service because I give them that plan. And at least they may have, they, they may go through their own charts and have, um, have their own idea. And I think a lot of people use me just to, to back up that idea if they think, hey, I like that idea. And, oh, he's got that as well. Okay, cool. You know, I'm definitely going to go for that trade. So you have to, you have to, you can't just sit there and think, oh, I'm just going to wait for some news or I'm just going to see what happens. That, 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 that's, uh, I've even spoken to a guy who manages an office and he, he, he uh, you know, sports people have a ritual uh, often where they have to wear, you know, their, their lucky socks or whatever, you know, and he actually encourages traders to go through that process just because, not because, you know, lucky socks will help you make money, but it's just, it's just getting you in that comfort zone where you're like, okay, you know, I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling comfortable. I've gone through everything I needed to do. You know, I've had my, my, my regular breakfast and, you know, it's just, just a process so that your mind is calm and ready and prepared. But, you know, and once your mind is prepared, then you've got to do the homework and, and get yourself ready so that you can react when the market's moving. You you know what you want to do if the market hits this price or that price. So you really have to get in the right state, basically, right? Exactly. Right frame of mind. Do you see a big difference between institutional traders and retail traders in their psychology or anything, anything else? Um, good question. I don't really speak to my banking clients. I don't really know. You know, I don't even really know what they use my my, my levels for. There's one big bank, uh, European bank, and I know they're mostly involved in options. I'm. I think they probably use my levels to hedge. So you know, they may they may, they may take take a position off um you know take an order from a client. They might and they they they're not sure where they want to hedge. So they'll use my my levels to, to try and get a good hedge off. Uh, I, I, I've never worked in a bank. I've always worked, you know, for myself or for a, an ind independent guy. So I don't really know how things work up there. But do you see the retail traders making some mistakes or? Um, retail traders make mistakes all the time, obviously, you know, and I, I make mistakes all the time. I still do it, you know? So, um, definitely. I, I think, um, I think a lot. I think a lot of people come to the game thinking, "Hey, you know, they're, they're probably very intelligent people. They're probably successful in what they do in their careers, and they just think trading is going to be pretty easy." You know, how hard can it be? You buy the euro versus the dollar, and either it goes up or down. I put my stop loss in, you know, um, and they're looking for shortcuts. They really don't want to educate themselves. Even even coming to my service, you know, you can buy my reports, but you've got to have some clue of what you're doing. You've got to be able to. As I said before, manage money, manage risk, you know. And I think the worst thing I see is people uh, not educating themselves. And that's where they really fall down. They think they can just walk into this and within a month they're going to be making lots of money. It just doesn't happen. You, you've got to, you've got to, there are so many different factors that you've got to get control of in order to, to trade successfully or to, in order to trade profitably. People don't do that. They also think that if, um, If I can guess the direction right, then I'll then I'll make money, and that's just uh, to me that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think I you know, I don't think you'll ever meet anyone who can guess the direction of any market right 
day in day out you know if i'm wrong brilliant you know good good luck to you i i can't do that and um i don't think the best investors in the world can tell you where the markets are going to go day to day hour to hour or even week to week you know the best investors are in it for the long term we know the soroses and the buffets and and all and those guys i'm pretty damn sure if you found out warren buffett and said where's where's the s&p going to be next week he, he wouldn't have the faintest idea and people think that you know to be a successful trader, you've got to you've got to be able to master where the where the markets will move, which direction. And I don't think that's true at all. My, my philosophy is, you know, work out if you're going to be a day trader, short term trader, spot the best, the low, the lowest risk trading levels, and then uh, and trade those. Uh, you know, that's where I think the edge comes from. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I really agree with the idea of educating yourself as a trader. Right, you definitely have to learn. But there's like so many information out there. So what do you think people should focus on when they try to learn? Um, well, I'm glad you asked me that because I spent the whole of last year writing a course. So everything I've learned in 30 years, I've tried to get it down on paper. So I wrote this 100-page course. Um, the first half focuses on technical analysis. Uh, technical analysis, you can educate yourself anyway. It's all, it's all free on the internet. But the thing is, you don't, you don't know what you should and shouldn't you know, uh, study. So what I've tried to do is just condense down what I, what I know works. I mean, I, I, my job before I even put a trade on, as I've said, is to write reports and provide my clients with the best trading levels I can find. So, um, it has to be simple. It has to be, but it has to be accurate. So I, I've, I've tried everything and I've whittled it down to what I, what I, I know works day in, day out. So I've, I've got to put all those techniques in, in my course on the first, Half and then the second half, I explained a lot of what I've we've just talked about. You know, money management, risk management, and uh, how to control your account, how not to blow out completely. Um, so yeah, I would suggest if anyone wants to learn, do the course. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because uh, the other thing is, when I started in 1987, there wasn't education. There were no courses. You couldn't. You, there was nowhere to learn. You know, blimey computers hardly existed the internet didn't exist you know I, that's how old i am so you had to learn by trial and error and you know it was it was really learned by your mistakes so um it's a really painful way to learn but after 30 years i'm still in the business so um uh, i made i made every mistake in the book over and over again you know um kick myself so many times so what, I've, what i'm trying to do is, is put all this in the course so that other people don't have to make that same mistake so many times yeah, no, specifically helping people to cut the learning curve, and that's that's great because yeah, so many people have to go through the mistakes, and it's not funny at all for sure. Mm, no. <laughs> so, how can people find you? Okay, so um, well, my name is Jason. Uh, my surname is Sen S E N. Uh, you can either Google me or you can find my website, which is daytradeideas.co.uk, and you can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is day daytrade signals. That's great. And so what are your goals for the future? Um, goals for the future. Well, my big goal last year was to write the course. I'm kind of relieved I've done that. Um, moving forward, I just started this year this uh, sort of uh, service where my clients can speak to me directly and also copy my trades, which, as I said, I put on a spreadsheet. So I'm quite pleased with that. So I've got some things going there. Um Right now, I'm quite happy with the way things are going. I'm waiting for the markets to get a little bit more exciting. I said to you earlier, I don't find them that that uh, inspiring at the moment. It, it seems like every month we're just waiting for the Fed. We're just waiting for U.S. unemployment. Now we're waiting for Brexit. It's 
I know in financial markets you're always waiting for, for a big news event, but it does seem that we spend a lot of time just going sideways, waiting for the big event, and then you know U.S. unemployment or the Fed makes their FOM, the FOMC minutes announcement, and then we get a big move, and then we trade sideways. So I'm finding it a little bit frustrating at the moment, and um, I would like to see things. Um, I don't know whether liven up's the right word, but just be more a bit more fluid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Crazy to see the German German bund today. You know, ten year bunds <laughs> trading at minus at negative interest rates. I mean, just there's a lot of stuff out there that, on a fundamental level, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what is your what you would say is your number one motivation for the future? Um, grow my business, help more people. You know, um, there's a lot of people out there that want to learn how to trade. So you know, I want to help them. I, I enjoy speaking to people uh, and helping them. Um, I say to people who sign up for the course, uh, if you sign up for the course, I'm, I'm on tap forever. So, you know, you, whenever you've got a question, if you've signed up, that means you get to speak to me forever. It doesn't matter what it's about. You know, as long as it's to do with trading, I'm, I'm there to help you. And funnily enough, people really don't contact me <laughs> and ask me questions. So I, mean, I, mean, I guess I mean, that, I guess that means they're happy with the course. But um, I have had people you know, uh, in the past um, try and contact me through Twitter and stuff, and I, yeah, I quite, I quite enjoy the, the talk and answering questions and helping them on their way. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because I feel the same way with, uh, <laughs> with, with different things, including like, the podcast. There's a lot of people listening to the podcast, and not that many people contact me, but it's, it's fine. But I do enjoy it, so it's, it's funny you say it. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to remind listeners that all the shorts are going to be on disastertrade.com. People want to find the links to what we talked about, link to your course. It's all going to be on disastertrade.com as well as your so- social media link and stuff. Jason, I have one last question for you, which is if you could give only one piece of advice for traders, what would that one piece of advice be? Manage your money. Trade small. Trade so small that, that you know, five or six losses really don't impact you. You can go to bed, you can go to sleep, and you're not, you're not going to be tossing and turning all night like, worried about, about um, how you're going to trade the next day. That, that's really it. Sounds awesome. So Jason San, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you today. And for all the listeners, I'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.